This episode was recorded via Zoom, and therefore the sound quality may not be as sexy as you've come to expect from an A to Z of sex with men. But please continue to enjoy it. We hope that you do. Warning ahead: sexy themes and saucy lingo. And there are no trigger warnings. And welcome to today's opus of orgasms. Mm. And it's a very special day in particular because we have two two guests on the show. Mm. Would our guests like to introduce themselves? We have Tanya. Hello. Yeah. So my name is Tanya. Oh, what can I say? I have two children. Um, <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're the first person on the show who's, who has children. No. Oh, um, no? Flavia had kids. Oh, yes. And, and Matt. So actually, no, you're not. You're the third person on the show. <laughs> okay. Out of, okay. Out of like seven guests, you're the third. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Definitely not there like a sex life after children so i just like to make that clear Good. um it, it does happen sort of afterwards it may take time but yes there is life after children um and sometimes it can actually be quite interesting because it's sort of you feel more free um mm-hmm. in in my ex- um, experience um yeah so I, I i do cabaret stuff i do i've been in the west end i do teaching and um i like to use art to express myself really in one way or another that's cool. um, fabulous yeah. all of that in common yeah, yeah definitely yeah and Felix hi there I'm Felix Lafreak. uh I am a performer a cabaret person a performance maker and sometime author amazing mm. yes you have written a book haven't you published I, a book it's um, I mean your listeners can't hear but it's actually behind me on the uh I can hear you. Can book, hear the book. Right? Hold the book can. up to the microphone. They go. No. <laughs> vibrations. Wait, so, if I just hang on, if I sort of. Oh yeah, maybe hold it up and we can do a screenshot. Oh, oh a subtle flicking. There you go. Down. There you go, listeners. Wait, you can hear. Can the you book. can you hold up the um the front of the book? Yeah, okay, brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. We'll remember okay. to copy and paste yes, that. Yes, perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll put all that um, information in the show notes. Um, but now I think it's on to our words of the week. Um. Can I go last? Because I haven't thought of one. (laughs) (laughs) Should we start with our guests for once? Yes. All right. Um, Felix, you've been on the show before. Would you like to start with your O word of the week? Uh, Thank you. I would love to. That would be my pleasure. Lovely. Um, (laughs) Mine is, it's sort of just uh, become inapt in the Mm -hmm. the last couple of hours because mine was out of course. Um, (laughs) Right. And it's just thinking about, uh, you know, how in general in life, um, sex is often summarised and defined by intercourse and, and, and really particularly of late, but really most of my life, I think I've just preferred all the other stuff to the actual, um, you know, toad in the hole, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was sort of my angle and my word of the week. But mm-hmm. do you know what? An hour before I had to Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> There was a whole lot of toad in a whole lot of hole. So um, my boyfriend <laughs> left and um, maybe out of course isn't the most appropriate word of the week, but that's the one I chose. I, I love that. I guess it's, I guess it's context specific, isn't it? Like mm. sometimes I, I feel like I definitely agree. Like, a lot of the time I'm like, don't really need it. And then sometimes I'm like, I just want it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a very good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tanya, have you got an O word of the week? I have. Now mm-hmm. mine, um, it's quite interesting, I think, because I, I chose, for obvious reasons, I chose the word ordinary. Oh. Mm. Okay. And the thing is, how do we define ordinary? So what's ordinary mm. to the masses or what's ordinary to specific cultures, what's ordinary to us? 
And what about if we're extraordinary? It's quite what about it? <laughs> Tanya about gave it, a, a yeah. very sort of considered look to the sky then. <laughs> so yeah. I, I just I just think, you know, do we want to be ordinary? Is there is there pressure on us to be ordinary or do we want to be extraordinary or extraordinary even, you know, in, in, in our outlook, whether it be sort of, you know, in a way of life or, or sexually or in any way, um, performance wise, is it is it nice to be extraordinary? I think it is. But is it okay to be ordinary? And how do we define ordinary? And is it, you know, is it okay to be ordinary? I feel like we've gone, we've gone in a circle there. <laughs> <I know. laughs> what, what is ordinary to yeah, what is you ordinary? and what's extraordinary to you? That's quite a, yeah, quite. Um, I suppose the ordinary thing is to do what, what the masses do and just to sort of, you know, be an ordinary person, wear ordinary clothes, um, mm-hmm. do an ordinary job, which I certainly don't, um, have ordinary pets, have an ordinary husband, which I certainly don't, um, have ordinary <laughs> children, which I certainly don't. Um, although, you know, I don't mind if people want to be ordinary. Um, I always have a problem with ordinary because I, I, I just don't fit into that, into that mm-hmm. thing. Although I don't mind if people want to be ordinary. And I think there's a safety in being ordinary. It's, yeah. it's interesting, actually, as well, because I think, I guess, from the outside, oh, word, outside, mm-hmm. um, people might look at you and go, oh, you've got a husband and two children, a boy yes. and a girl. That is ordinary. Yes. But actually, like you say, nothing within that is ordinary. It's just Absolutely. people have perspectives. Which may Absolutely. Be Absolutely. So, yeah, so how do we define ordinary? So what may appear ordinary, like an ordinary book, it may have an ordinary cover. This is so cliche, but I'm just using this. So an ordinary book, ordinary cover, but inside it might be completely extraordinary. Mm. Have so, you seen Mary you know, Poppins we... Returns? <laughs> the cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I agree totally. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, Enough with yeah. your overtures. Overtures. Oh, thank you for giving me oh, that. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. I shouldn't give them away that easily. Should I know. I? Um, okay, Ralph. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> thank you, Tanya. Um, I haven't thought of mine in case oh, the play no. that I made wasn't any less obvious than yours. Okay. Um, so, I think mine is Other this week. Mm. Okay. Um, and actually, similar to yours, Tanya, and a similar, comes from a similar vein, I suppose. Um, so uh, this week um, I, I recently got a new job um, which is very much the same job I've been doing for the last six months but it actually has a title now um, okay. so um, I know it's good yeah. but in short um, I do uh, two very contrasting things in my place of work I am the head of equality diversity and inclusion which is a very is the sunshine um, and then the uh, rainy cloud is uh, the fact that I'm the business manager and currently responsible for cutting the staff uh, in Ooh. my group by mm. quite a long way. So those two things actually come together in quite a nice weather pattern because actually my, it's my job to make sure that the people who are cut aren't like specifically the disadvantaged people. Mm-hmm. So um, in some ways it's quite good. But anyway, the reason I'm saying this is because I've recently come out at work and recently to myself as a they them mm-hmm. uh, more than um, more than a he they or, or something else. I'm just sort of more general as um as we just spoke about before the recording so for that um, i went to a gender session this week um a gender listening session that one of the directorates uh that i work for um holds and they're, they're like every month um and it was the ma- most amazing experience i'd ever been part of it was only open to women and non-binary people mm-hmm. and i was the only non-binary person there mm-hmm. so i felt like after everyone had shared their stories i thought well if i don't say something now as a head of edi and be the only non-binary person in the room then this is basically a bunch of white women talking about their stories. So I needed to kind of give another perspective and I got 
so much love for the story that I told, which was about being othered in the workplace um, because I've tried to wear skirts and dresses to the workplace and you just end up getting both compliments by the bucket. But it also is a bit like, you know, like it's a bit like when women get complimented at work, it's the same sort of idea, you know, um, mm. what are you actually complimenting here? And what are you saying? What messages are you giving to people? Mm. Um, it's sort of a bit difficult. And at the same time, I get people who sort of make a sniggering sound as I walk past. Mm. So there's, you get both ends of it and it's quite um, extreme. So I told that story and I got a lot of um, empathy uh, from mm. people and it was, it was lovely. So I just wanted to share that. That's mm. really good. That's a nice positive story. Yeah. Like that. My O word of the Your week. Your O word of the week. Is... You've had time to oscillate (laughs) Um, is oh (laughs) Oh, such a cop-out sorry I'm sorry um open okay so basically um we had like guests staying all this week um which has been really nice but also really exhausting but um the the room between mine my partner's bedroom and the room where the guests sleep is like the wall is very thin and I was saying like my my partner and I don't have sex often oh word but when we do it's really good um and then we just were both like obviously in the mood at this one morning and normally, because it's just us who live there, we don't have to worry about noise. I talk about this quite a lot, actually, noise and stuff. But yeah, this time, just we're aware that there was a guest next door. So specifically, remember this week trying to be like, oh, rather than like, oh. <laughs> Why are you apologising? Yeah, it's fine. Sorry, sorry. Sex noises on the sex I'm <laughs> really sorry. I missed, I missed the two noises. Could you just do a quick re- repeat fine. on that? Yeah. yeah. So the quiet noise is... Yeah, that come, I'm all is now. Oh, right, right, right. The quiet noise is... Oh. And the loud noise. <laughs> Come on. The loud noises. Oh. Okay. Right. No. <laughs> then it gets louder, but you know, I'm not there yet. We're <laughs> not there. Wait yet. the end. Yeah. Plus, my poor husband in the next room will uh, wonder what's probably, going on. Well, he knows what's going on. Yeah. But <laughs> wonder maybe the, the relationship between Jacinta and I is a little different. Um, no. Right. No, he definitely Just won't. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to series two of an A to Z of sex with men where I, Raphael, and I, Jacinta, and I, for one time only, Tanya, and for the second time only, I, Felix, nibble at the edges of naughty antics, ogle the sexual cinematic multiverse, probe into the recesses of erotic desire, question our hang-ups and turn-offs, recount our most intimate moments, and serve up some juicy morsels of sexual knowledge. Right, that was the most difficult bit over with. Okay. Um yeah, well thank you so much, Tanya and Felix, for joining us on the podcast. Indeed. So well, today is brought to you by the letter O. Yes. And this week O is for Orgies. Or One just thing. Orgy. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, all things orgy. All things <laughs> orgiastic. Exactly. Stealing a word. Sorry. Um so um as we do every week this series, we watch a film um, related to the word of the week. This week's film is Dance of the 41. El baile de los 41. Thank you. It's a lot sexier in Spanish. So, so we're going to all watch the trailer now and we are going to discuss our thoughts on the trailer. See. Si. Film, 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 corner. We just watched the trailer. What are our initial thoughts? Mm. I just noticed that at the very end of the trailer... Um, it says El Baile de los Cuarentuno mm-hmm. at the front, but the shadow has 42. Like there's a text oh, behind it that has a, a two instead of a one. 
Mm. because of course uh, now 42 yes of course so exactly they there's a difference there something interesting to find out what happens mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. um tanya any thoughts on the trailer i just i, I like the warmth of it i mean mm. just the whole presentation it's before you watch the film you just get this sort of feeling of sort of like warmth and um mm. wealth and intimacy and it's just a, and, and i think the whole color how it's filmed is is, is quite inviting Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a real richness, isn't there? It is yeah. absolutely, yeah. Mm. It sort of reminds me of the Godfather kind of thing. I don't know, but and yeah, there's a there's a nice je ne sais quoi about it that just makes <laughs> you it, it draws you it draws you in. Yeah, um, the costumes, the, the whole the, the close ups of certain things, like there was one close up of the hand, um, mm. and sort of like women laughing, and it just it's it definitely draws you in. Mm. <laughs> Lovely sets and costumes, definitely. I was yes, say. yeah, and I agree with like the color palette is really lovely. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's very um, warm. Yes, uh, Felix, any thoughts on the trailer? Um, I found it riveting. I found it very mm-hmm. exciting. Um, I have always been into the kind of mythology around uh, Molly houses and kind of illicit places <laughs> of ill repute, where um, you know uh, queerness went in the undercurrent of society. So anything in that vein is very much up my street, um, giving me sort of uh, gay, um, eyes wide shut vibes. Enjoying mm. the yes. society element. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say that, that puts me off, and this is just a real thing of mine, mm-hmm. I, I celebrate people in all their presentations, but I am not sexually attracted to an overly grown out moustache. We were talking about the moustache. <laughs> yeah, there's a big moustache. We've been discussing this. Yeah. <laughs> put that to one side and say like that's that's you know I'll, I'll allow the moustache because it's sexy like th- these are like walrus moustaches they yes. are flying in every direction they're taking 90 <laughs> percent of that trailer's screen i just can't stop thinking about them tickling me and it's like not sexy yeah <laughs> they are a look you know yeah but uh, yes. <laughs> just, just you either like watch... it or you don't there's no in between yeah. yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> just and i watched the trailer a bit earlier obviously and um i think we literally looked at each other and just i'd written the note moustaches down onto my phone yeah. and just looked at me and said god just these moustaches all i can think about is how they must be like rubbing against each other and it's causing friction and i was like i've literally just written the word <laughs> moustaches down to talk about later well, it's, it's like, because yeah. I, I mean, the, the scenes between who I assume are the two kind of lead male characters um, look really beautiful mm. and like sexy and, and loving. And, and I'm really excited to see them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was just slightly distracted by the moustaches. So I'm completely, Very completely so. on board with that. The other thing I, I sort of noticed in the trailer was when the, this guy who I think is the lead um, is in sort of like a, a sex scene with the um, female character mm. who looks like he's married to her. And she says, I'll cure you. Yeah. And that just, I've seen the trailer a couple of times now. And each time I'm like, oh, mm. anyway, I'm sure that's something it doesn't feel too great to watch that. No, mm. um, it's interesting it's because, of course, the, the trailer as well, um, as many trailers do, um, had no sense of chronology about it. So mm-hmm. it just it just throws in scenes in a completely randomized order Ooh. almost to make you obviously it builds the drama that way and you don't know what the actual story is until you see the film but um it sort of had a lot of um there was a bit of um someone was getting their hair cut very short and they were bloodied had a bloodied face um there was uh, sort of um, people being rounded up by by troops and, uh, yeah. and uh, someone being reported you get the sense that you know that's probably it's probably going to be a bad ending but um we have to sort of brace ourselves for that, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. I think, like we've said, it looks great. 
it kind of plays into that idea for me that uh, it seems to be very difficult for uh, filmmakers to tell queer stories that don't somehow revolve around violence or tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to see just an absolute like bridesmaid style romp about like gays in the Molly house. Uh, just That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. You've said this before. <laughs> I know. Well, it's it's like based. This film is based on a true story, yeah. and whatever awful thing happens at the end, this this place existed for a long time before that. Mm. So you sort of think like it would be lovely to see. Yeah, like there are lots of stories that could be told that isn't the really bad thing. Yeah. But we um mm. obviously we're more than halfway through the alphabet uh for this series of of exploring films. So we've seen quite a number of um, films exploring queer identity and sexuality. And so we're just sort of reflecting on the fact that of course almost all of those uh are are tragic in some way mm-hmm. and have some sort of classic queer dilemma of oh no he's got HIV. Oh no, you know, <laughs> they they can't be together because yeah. of society. Oh no, you know, etc cetera, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. It's always something um and we're just crying out for something where it's not that. Yeah. Um, it's like a rom-com <laughs> yeah or a normal it doesn't even have to be a happy ending but a, a thing that straight couples also deal with that is just put with two people of same sex yeah come on same sex mm. or queer people doesn't matter but yeah, yeah. just yeah something completely free from peril or adversity but it's just that we do tend to revolve around those same few stock stories like yeah. you said exactly. a coming out story or it's a societal rejection story or it's, um, you know, an HIV epidemic story, all of which are super, super important things. Of course, yep. yeah. Easier to, to tell the stories of, but like there are other things to do. I think that, um, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer does it really well because it yep. still has a lot of peril, a lot of jeopardy, a lot of adversity in the um, queer female relationship, but it doesn't hinge it all on social rejection or coming yep. out, it kind of plays it out through metaphor. And then they have other challenges to face, which kind of run concurrent to their journey of discovering each other and um i'd like to see more of that yeah yeah that would be great yeah. <laughs> i love that relationship thank you for reminding me about it yeah yeah so i'll go back and rewatch Buffy. yeah that's a good idea definitely. <laughs> yeah. season five with glory though oh i don't know <laughs> she's she's like the best boss so best boss best i was the baddest bitch but the but the, but <laughs> the, the best, best, she's the boss, she's the bitch. um Serious, most serious evil I think that they face so hmm. anyway that's the series isn't it anyway sorry I'm now we are on a tangent and now I'm talking about Buffy and <laughs> stop um, anyway so we've talked about the trailer what do we do next yes we're <laughs> talking about the definition of the word orgy which is something oh, I yes. really wanted to get into the meat of if you'll pardon yes. the pun because <laughs> it's um what 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 is the minimum number of people you need for an orgy I'd like to know please anybody any got any bids I'll say three Three. Okay. It's because I have maybe no. I have zero experience with orgies, but I would say four, just based on. Because otherwise it's a threesome. Because otherwise it's a threesome. Yeah. There's a foursome. Exactly. Yeah, a fivesome. Yeah. I would say loosely, if I were to pick a number, I would say four is the absolute minimum. But Mm -hmm. I imagine it meaning five plus. Mm. And I would say specifically, apart from numbers. There has to be the possibility of more than one exchange going on at the same time. That's Thank how you. I envisage it. I completely um, agree. So if you're just three people, I don't know, doing a, what would you call it? Like a six, six, nine? A sex triangle. Whatever. I, d- I yeah. don't know. That's not how I define it. But if someone else was doing that and wanted to define it thusly, I would have no objection to them doing sure. so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally um, completely agree with you. The, the whole um, so also you could have two, you could have four people in the same room. Both are just two couples fucking, 
that actually they don't exchange partners at all. They just they're there to watch each other. That's kind of like having just that's just normal sex with mm-hmm. someone else with a with a bit of voyeurism on the side. It's not like actually an orgy in my head, but maybe it is in other people's heads. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, any more on the technical side of orgy? That was just a brief well, thing. Well, I have a bit on the etymology. Please. Yeah. Okay. So um, orgy comes from the ancient Greek orgia. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Orgia. I don't know. And uh, that means secret rites or rituals and specifically in worship of certain gods, most commonly Bacchus or Dionysus in ancient Greek, Bacchus in Roman. Um, And apparently orgy was first used in the singular in English in the 1660s, and it was used to mean any licentious revelry um, or wild carousel. Interesting. Great. Love a wild carousel. I love a wild carousel. It also said in one definition I saw that it's associated with excessive drinking as well as promiscuity, which is interesting because I actually wondered, is excessive drinking a thing that is commonly part of orgies or not? I would, in my head, I sort of feel like it maybe isn't, but. So I recently played Assassin's Creed and Mm -hmm. um, Odyssey, which obviously set ancient Greece. One of the characters, the side people that you meet a lot, who you have the option of sleeping with, they basically take you into an orgy several times. And yes, they are constantly pissed out of their skulls. Mm-hmm. So um, okay. I wonder whether there is a kind of... Well, this is an Assassin's Creed. Yeah, no, 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 but it's, no. it refers to ancient Greece. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm just saying I wonder whether that is representative yeah. of yeah, yeah, yeah. what was going on in that it, world. Well, I think since this is... If in the origin of the word is associated with sort of Bacchanalian festivities, yeah. I imagine there is a lot of drinking. Yes. But I suppose in the modern sense of the word... Or Dion- Dionysian. Dionysian. It's Greek. Dionysian, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, I just said Bacchanalian sounds more... It sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah. Sorry, Dionysus. <laughs> but yes if people were attending an orgy today now is drinking alcoholic drinking common that's my question well, hopefully not to excess because then you'd, you'd forget about the enjoyment wouldn't you well yeah, yeah. wouldn't it be make it yeah it'd be a waste of time wouldn't it? yeah <laughs> a waste of time I, I quite i'm quite interested by what it actually means i quite like the idea of worship and sort of yeah. like that sort of worshiping the body the human body Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really don't think that intercourse has to be part of it. I, I think you can be as sensual as you, as you like, you know, without actually having intercourse, but enjoying different bodies and just enjoying the sensation of being all together. Mm-hmm. So I that's love that. what it really means to me. Well, that's what it would mean, you know. Riffing me, on that. So I've just looked up um, what's the minimum number of people for an orgy. And yeah. um, the top result is from the fulcrum.ca. Um, and it says, whether it's a common occurrence or a special occasion, an orgy is an event not to be missed. Categorized. <laughs> <laughs> categorized okay. as sex between a group of four or more people oh. these play oh. parties in inverted commas are a wonderful way to spend time with friends while enjoying some sensual fun there you go isn't that beautiful, okay. that is beautiful. and then nice. yeah. and then quora defines the minimum number of people as five or more and mm. reddit specifies even further it says that one is masturbation two is a couple three is a threesome four is two swinging couples or a foursome and five is an orgy so there you oh, go okay hmm. yeah. or I could a four, could four be a threesome and a and a masturbator could i mean three, um, yeah yeah you've got a few options haven't you yeah, i yeah. suppose yeah <laughs> two could be two oh, people yeah. masturbating mm-hmm. at a show once i had to do i did some confessions where people would write down anonymous secrets and then we'd read them out on stage that's and, great um, one of them wrote uh one time i had a fivesome except it wasn't really because one of the guys just watched and had a coffee <laughs> <laughs> 
what, a coffee? <laughs> had a coffee. Asking about drinking at orgies, apparently. And the funniest thing about it was when this happened, it was the same time that they were still running that um, campaign uh, for the coffee machines where George Clooney would lounge in a chair in the corner and sit right. and say, Nespresso, what else? So I was just imagining <laughs> this fifth guy in the corner. You know, you've got the camera panning across, limbs everywhere, holes to the sky, things going in and out of, and then it keeps going around. And then you've just got George, <laughs> George Clooney <laughs> saying, Nespresso, what else? Maybe the buzz mm. of an espresso machine just before as someone's climaxing, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, um, that uh, might uh, actually uh, make uh, me... Nespresso? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? <laughs> that might actually make me buy an espresso machine. Right. <laughs> Those pods are so bad for the environment. I just want to make clear this is not an ad for Nespresso. No. no. <laughs> That's fair. But it is an ad for drinking coffee. Yes. Whilst... Watching an orgy. Watching, Watching an orgy. Watching an orgy. Yeah. Well, they say that the coffee is, is, is a stimulus, so obviously he's, you know, he's being stimulated one way or another, isn't he? Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true, yeah. I mean, the things I like to do at an orgy, mm-hmm. I don't want to have a coffee directly before. <laughs> no. <'Cause> okay. It's like... <laughs> Maybe Because it's, it's a laxative. It's a strong laxative. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. The, the first oh, one God. in the day... That can be, yeah, that could be disastrous. It's great if you need to go to the toilet. It is, yeah. <laughs> if you go. Oh, yeah, it might be great an hour before the orgy, but I'm not just going to just... No. Uh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. In the middle of a bum session. No. no. Minimum one hour. Not a good idea. Not a good no, idea. that's good. That's yeah. actually really good practical advice. That's the kind of quality advice people come to this podcast for. I like <laughs> to think. Yeah. It's like no food before swimming, no coffee before sex. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's our practical advice. That's a, one of our hashtags dealt with for the day. Done. <laughs> Over to you guys for the, for the better material now. I'm done. <laughs> I mean, Felix gave us that yeah, material. No, Felix but... gave it us, yeah. <laughs> um, I've made it hashtag, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's uh, all. Brilliant, brilliant. All right. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Um, Felix, what were you going to say? Um, I found it interesting just to follow up on your question about um, drinking and that being mm-hmm. part of the kind of uh, Dionysian concept of uh, orgies and whether people do drink at orgies it, and I guess it must depend on what kind you're going to but I th- I'd say my own experience of orgies has been on the kind of chem sexy side of it and there mm-hmm. is very much not booze at those because it's a mm-hmm. big no-no with the things that might be on offer at a chem sex party you can't mm-hmm. it's very dangerous so mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing that it Basically, there's like no booze at the orgies I've been to. Yeah, so yeah. No booze, which is funny considering its origins and, and traditions with wine. Yeah, yeah. But that's interesting because I wonder if how many kind of mind altering things there were that were known of in ancient Greece. And I suppose wine would have been quite a common one and an easily accessible one. And yeah. I wonder if if there were the Dionysian cults of today would maybe prefer chem sex yeah. over yeah. drunk sex. I don't yeah. know. My, my, my experience is not that. Mine is that all the, se- all the sex parties that I've kind of been to have been boozy ones. So I like to go to a boozy sex party, actually. I feel like that might be a bit jollier. There can be something a little... Yeah, that's... <laughs> ...behind the eyes about, about the kind of chem sex party thing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds bad. No, I've, I've definitely been jolly. Great well. I, I like to know I, I, it's nice to know that there are lots of different flavors to play flavors of, mm. of orgy which is good yeah yeah <laughs> makes me think of um orgiat which isn't isn't that like some sort of liqueur because oh. like when we say flavors of it it made me think of that i don't even know what it is it's like a vanilla mm. liqueur or something we should do ironically sh- it's vanilla a bit later in the- oh yeah it's vanilla it? yeah <laughs> well you can have vanilla sex at an orgy surely well yeah <laughs> but is, is an orgy in itself vanilla mm. Mm. 
Uh, I'll just leave that one there. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> no, I think an orgy is is kink by definition. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a question from the audience. Fabulous. Would we like to hear it? Okay. So the question is. Hi, A to Z with men. Hi. I would really like to join in an orgy, but have no idea where to even start. Where do I find an orgy? How should I dress slash undress? Should I bring anything? How do I make sure I'm safe? I'd really appreciate any advice you can give. That is from Otis uh, from Toadsuck in Arkansas. Oh, mm. really getting our American viewers, uh, viewers, listeners. Yeah, listeners, yeah. yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, well, mm-hmm. should we throw it open to our guests to start with? What, what advice would you dispense for uh, Otis from Toad Suck? <laughs> um, okay, I'll I'll go forward. Um, I mean, there are various ways um, you can online. I'm, I'm sure there you, you have some like clubs uh, that you can join. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, there is a membership. I'm sure that you have to mm-hmm. pay, and then you can sort of find out when when they have certain nights. And then go along and there's no specific way to dress, I don't think, depending on if they have various nights, they might have certain sort of theme nights. But if you just go on a normal night, mm-hmm. dress how you want and you don't have to bring anything normally, from my experience. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't have to bring everything that is Sometimes provided it's better to. if you don't bring anything. That's right, it's all there anyway. Um, so <laughs> exactly. Alcohol, you know, uh, food is there, finger food, whatever. Yeah, and you just go, the, 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 there's no obligation, you don't have to. They normally have various rooms mm-hmm. um, and then you just sort of go and experiment. Was your first one, Tanya, in a, a house or a, yes. a, a club or something? A house. It was a house. It was a okay. house. Yeah. yeah. Mine too. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, did you, and did you? Did you? Same one, but anyway. <laughs> uh, possibly. I mean, probably not because <laughs> I don't think there were any women in the one that I went to. <laughs> and did you feel comfortable? Did you feel safe? Did you feel... Um, totally, absolutely, amazing. So totally, totally safe, um, totally comfortable. Um, I think it's probably a good idea if you go with the, with your partner or with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just me speaking from personal experience. Okay, so for your first introduction to an orgy, it's re- really important that you feel comfortable that you go with someone um, oh, yeah. that you know, either a partner or, or friends, and you know the place where you're going as well. That's it, really. I mean, I was but- quite lucky because my my husband well, my partner he actually worked um he, he did the computer systems for this guy so he he knew the he, he knew the owner he knew the, the place so when when we went along we knew exactly you know what it was like mm-hmm. what the, the setup was like there were various rooms there was no no pressure um you just had a good time if you wanted to partake you could if you didn't you didn't have to if you wanted to watch you could watch um you could just be with your partner you could there was no pressure to do anything it was entirely up to you how you felt that's really good to hear. That's really nice and good uh, advice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Felix. Uh, my advice, I mean, it's going to differ hugely based on who you are and what you're after. Because um, mm. I feel like Tanya's talking much more about, I, I think, a level of sophistication in uh, organisation, sex party organisation than, than what I've experienced. Most of my experience has been on the kind of gay male uh, sex circuit, either in, in saunas or in impromptu things in 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 dark rooms or um stuff that may, you know most of it would be stuff that's come up on grinder mm-hmm. um, and those things are going to be very different into you know a high-end sex party that's being organized uh, well in advance 
um, where you might, I don't know, have like some wine nibbles and like nice decor. Yes. You know, a lot of them have just been turning up to someone's bedroom at five in the morning to find six people already there and and, uh, <laughs> and, and getting involved. So it depends. I mean, I don't know if Austin from Toad Suck. Um, Otis. 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 <laughs> oh, sorry. To- Otis from Toad Toad Suck or Toad yeah, Suck? Yeah, Toad Suck. Toad Suck. Okay. <laughs> Bless him. I'm surprised he's having any trouble if he lives in a place. Uh, I know. <laughs> Surely it must yeah, be a magnet for this kind of thing. town in, <laughs> exactly. in the USA, in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's into all kinks apart from foot stuff and he's just absolutely stuck in the wrong place. Um, yeah. <laughs> like Tanya says, the internet's your best friend, whether that be um, in the immediate sense, which will tend to happen through hookup apps or mm. in a more sensible, uh, planned out way, which... I know that there's lots of websites for, uh, I've got a cis het female friend who has, actually, I, I believe she's queer, she's cis and queer, and she has uh, all sorts of fun on a website that is endlessly amusing to me because apparently it has a lot of traffic, but it still looks like it was made on like uh, GeoCities on Yahoo in like 1999. <laughs> Amazing. It's sort of like a bad border and a, and, a, and a picture of a couch with like a lady with a a finger being like <laughs> excellent, fabulous, <laughs> and a lot of those websites like Fab Swingers and like Saucy Minxes and stuff mm. have quite um quite amusing names. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It just depends. I mean, there's loads of gay ones as well, but I've never I've never gone to a pre-planned uh, orgy. Right. It's always been spontaneous. So my advice would be just be safe and tell someone mm. where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are. Um, kind of have a think about your boundaries and your limits and what you want out of it and how that's mm-hmm. been beforehand obviously with the kind of event that Tanya's talking about maybe you can turn up and talk to people and, and nothing really works out for you and you leave again but mm. with the whole like grinder uh chill out uh thing mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little bit different because you do s- usually do some of the negotiating of what you're expecting and with whom before you get there there's less of a sort of canapes and aperitifs uh, element and less of a, an atrium or a lobby or, or you know we tend to be a bit more immediate in my experience mm-hmm. so you, okay. you levy expectations as much as you can before you go I'd say for that so I think it really depends on what you come across so I, th- I suppose we are all giving advice potentially I mean maybe not you Tanya but possibly Felix and I giving almost giving advice having done the wrong thing uh, and then now we sort of from experience might might suggest what not to do, i.e. Mm. don't go to an orgy for the first time without having met anybody, etc. It sounds like common mm. sense, but I certainly mm. just went to one with loads of people I didn't know for my first one. So, um, you know, I didn't exactly I, I'm <laughs> obviously I was a kind of slightly self-destructive 23 uh, uh, year old or something around there. So that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. But there you go. Um, mm. So the, the first one I went to was somewhere in between these. Um, so they definitely had, um, it was very relaxed in the sense that everyone started, they arrived in clothes, obviously, and they mm. started, they didn't immediately strip. They sort of got in and they had like a um, place where you'd put like a fiver into a hat. And then um, there was like unlimited booze, basically. And when I say that, it's just like cheap beer and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, but fine. Um, and then you'd have a few sips of something and then, um so but with my um, certainly I'm, I'm getting into my sort of story in a way but it was it was much more relaxed and you could you didn't have to I mean there was no one really like pressuring you to kind of participate but at the same time I think the uh, the advice I would give would be like very much about boundaries mm-hmm. as well 
Um, I definitely have done things in orgies that a bit like in porn, you like you you watch some porn that you never want to do. And I've definitely done things in orgies that I would actually not really want to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want to do, I don't think, but I kind of went along with it or I kind of pl- plowed on, as they say. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that advice. Yeah, I was going to say, Felix, as well, the Internet's your friend. I mean, I found most of my initial kind of orgy time uh, online. Okay. Um, and I mean, that, that's so true, isn't it? The thing of like ideally going with someone, letting people know mm. where, you, where you are, being clear on your boundaries. I mean, that's, yeah, like you say, it's all stuff that sounds like common sense. But I would also say it's kind of important yeah. to say as much as you can say, don't go on your own with a load of strangers your first time or, or something like that. Maybe that would be the best way to do it. But it's also important to remember people are going to do that. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. Sounds like Raphael did that. Like people are going to do that. So mm-hmm. uh, I think just having those little mitigating things like know what your expectations are maybe send the address to a friend yeah uh, I mm. think that would be the best thing if you've got a friend that you don't have any kind of uh shame around talking about sex yeah. with you know for a lot of us that's not all of our friends yeah it's probably not our all of our networks but just the kind of person that you share your dirty stories with uh, even if they're not going to see it to the next day or whatever just be like I'm at this address yeah I'm, mm. I'm gonna go be disgusting <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah just, it, um, what, if you don't I... know me, that's where I went can, yeah. I, can I suggest a quick, um, if you really don't want to do that mm-hmm. tip, um, and this applies to things that aren't orgies as well, is mm-hmm. anytime you're going to meet a stranger to have sex, this is a mm-hmm. thing that I used to do. Um, I used to do it when I lived with you, actually, but I never uh-huh. told you because I never needed it because I'm still alive. <laughs> I was never kidnapped <laughs> by anybody. Um, but uh, I used to write my the, dr- the dress I was going to in a in a book, in like a little um, notebook, basically. Leave the notebook notebook open on that page um, so that if I was not to return mm-hmm. um, and somebody would be like to come in my room, I'd leave it in front of like literally mm-hmm. in front of the door. So they would find they would, it would open the door to my room and find it. Mm-hmm. So they would know that that's probably where I went. And therefore, and I could use that as a bargaining chip to get away as in a hostage situation. Well, somebody it's knows where I am, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, but I mean, that never <laughs> happened. But that is a way of, around it. If you really feel like you, you're too embarrassed to say anything. What's to our bias about about there being this being riskier? Because I think obviously there's a fear that, you know, if there's more than one person, you're, and, and, and if they were together in, in, in some nefarious intent, you're at a mm. physical disadvantage. But generally that tends not to be the dynamic in those spaces. So yeah. if anything, yeah. so the, the swing and roundabout there is that there are more witnesses to what's going on. That's why my, my first ever experience in a sauna, I was very surprised to be like, oh, I actually feel safer here than on a roundabout mm-hmm. grinder because what's anyone going to do? There's there's checks and balances there in that space. Yeah. Um, and you don't have the same level of checks and balances in a private event. But at the same time, while it's good to be aware, I think we're not all going to end up in some true crime yeah. Netflix documentary. <laughs> I know, because as you were right, good point. Say, when you were saying about that, I was, I'm, I'm re-watching the, the Bridge at the moment. Oh, right. Um, and literally, I was just like, a, a whole kind of like intricate crime crime series was was uh, involve, evolving in front of me. Um, <laughs> but it's a really good point, Felix. And I was thinking that because I've, I've never been to a, an orgy or I've never done any kind of group sex, but I have gone home with a lot of strangers. And I would actually say like in one person, strangers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I actually would think that's more dangerous because there's like there's no witnesses and Ooh. I go home with them after a night out so I don't even know their address so I haven't written their address down anywhere so I think I I feel like that's more risky so kind of so mm. all the advice we're giving about orgies is even more so for one night stands yeah um so I think we've answered the question yes so um Otis good luck um in Toadsuck mm-hmm. I hope that you uh, find what you're looking for mm-hmm. 
and maybe move somewhere else no, <laughs> no I'm sure it's a lovely place I hear the bank's got some nice properties on the market going exactly yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so on that note, um, it's story time. Story time. Story time, children. Um, so definitely not children appropriate. Um, <laughs> so um, I might look at Tanya to go first, Ooh. possibly. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Do I have a good audio-related story? Um, 15 years ago. So when I was like finding myself, if you like, after being a parent for I don't know how many years and then sort of going back into like enjoying myself again, I just wanted something different. I wanted something different and it just so happened that he happened to be working in this place um and so we went along and I brought I brought a friend along as well so I think for me it was, it was nice to go along to this this place with all these strange people that I'd never I never knew I, I didn't know them I didn't know what to expect and the, the first time we actually went we just we just laughed I mean I know that's maybe not the right attitude to have but it was just fun it was so much fun just to sort of be admired um to flirt to, to know you're in a safe place there was wine there there was food there there was all sorts of people there that you would never normally talk to I mean we're talking judges we're talking lawyers we're talking all sorts of people were there you can sort of invent your own your own persona you can be whoever you want for that one night and I mean we, we didn't even do anything we just sort of it was it was all just such an eye-opener just to see all these these people from all different walks of life so different just being so open um, being so free and so liberated and so at ease with each other and even though we went back it was never as good as that first time mm. when we didn't even do anything um, I, we didn't even undress um, mm. but it was just sort of seeing that and just thinking yeah what could we do next time but it was never as fun as that first time so I think if you have certain expectations in fact go with no expectations if you're going to do something like that just go with no expectations and just experience it and and then see how it what happens from there but it was just fun it was just fun and I just felt really really good afterwards even though we didn't do anything it was just knowing that you could in a safe environment without cheating because I went with my partner obviously and he's enjoying it as well so um yeah th th that was my experience that's my story full that's stop lovely that's yes. really lovely isn't it yeah and I think it's important because I, I, I bet there are a lot of couples that would want to do it and wouldn't feel able to tell each other but I'm so pleased that your first experience was really positive and that's really it nice was. to hear actually was, that's yeah. really I spoke briefly to other friends and they were like, oh, why? You know, that's awful. So then I started not to talk about it. I thought, no, oh. I'm not going to, you know, because obviously, you know, it's not for everyone and that's that's fair enough. But, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Well, it's interesting that you say mm -hmm. you're not going to beat mm -hmm. yourself up about it. I, I, I literally think the opposite. I just yeah. think... Maybe they should go and re-examine their, yeah, their exactly. boring sex lives. Maybe. You know, it's not it's not on anybody. No, you, you like no. different things; it doesn't matter. So just yeah, yeah. you have it's, it's it's all consensual. And yeah, exactly. Consensual. It's nothing. You know, I mean, why? But I think society does, and I think you know, even close friends of mine. Well, it's it's actually really they, interesting. They, they do judge. They do, and they sort of make faces and all that. You know, but that's just how it is, I suppose. And you know, you either choose to say it, you choose to share that, or you choose not to. In my case, I'll probably choose. With certain people, I would choose not to say that because there is a stigma. Well, you're there's right, but then also it's like in that case, the people you talk to, they can choose to judge or they can choose to be cool with it and they chose to do the mm. less cool thing. And I think this actually links back to what Felix was saying, how like there are a lot of times we're in a situation where we don't feel like we can tell our friends we're going somewhere because we're worried they'll judge. So actually Absolutely. them yep. judging you is potentially putting you in danger. So yeah. don't mm. judge. Yeah, I'm sorry. Felix, would you like to tell your story? 
Uh, yeah, sure. I will tell my story. I've um, this kind of you know fits into one of the many definitions of orgy, but um, it is one actually where I wasn't involved in anything. Mm. Um, but, uh, it's a theme today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what we want for a sex podcast. What's going no, I on? love it. I love oh, it. Great, great, what? Great. Yes. I've 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 had my handful of of eventful involved orgiastic experiences. Um, I've had fun at them. They've always kind of like scratched a nerve. Um, mm. I, I mean, sorry, itch to scratch, you know. Bit of nerve, whatever. Whatever. But I think one thing that I've always found interesting in those spaces is that I have never felt like fully invested in, in, the, in the kind of the fantasy of it. And I think that there's like a performance that goes on in particularly kind of chill out chemsex spaces uh, where you have to perform a degree of masculinity and um, it also has to be quite serious, like from the music to the lighting. And I'm a clown, so I find it very hard to not crack a joke and I'll only be yeah. there five minutes. <laughs> it's funny. That's not going to work, is it really? No. <laughs> no. Or, or some sort of social uh, commentary or analysis yeah. of the dynamics. Yeah. That on. I can't help but, but commentate. And it's interesting. I dated a, a stand-up comedian, quite famous one, very briefly in my early 20s. And he's talked extensively about the same thing in his stand-up sets, mm. which I have also in my in my drag work. And I saw his stand-up special a couple of years ago and I went, oh my God, we're telling the exact same jokes, which wow. is uh, the, the punchline even to one of the jokes was exactly the same. And I can't remember if we ever had a conversation similar to this, uh, but the punchline that was identical is because nobody wants a sarcastic blowjob. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's true. It's kind of, I find it hard not to bring humour into any space, but uh, it has been my inclination. But the story I was going to tell actually doesn't result in me getting my rocks off. And that was with me and my boyfriend. And I've been in a monogamous relationship with my current boyfriend for over a little over two years now. Um, and we're starting to kind of very lightly toy with the idea of uh, public spaces and kink. We haven't done anything with anyone else and that's not necessarily on the cards, but it's a kind of open door of, you know, we'll see how we feel as we go along. Mm. And we went to New York City on holiday and we decided to go and visit a lot of historic bars. And one that we visited on, I think, a Tuesday night was The Cock. And the only advice we got given from other New Yorkers in previous nights was don't bother going to The Cock before 2 a.m., so I think we went to the cock at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and they said it's, I think, $20, $20 cover or $10 cover um, and no refunds. And we were like, that's fine. Yeah. And they were like, you're here for a good time. You know what kind of place this is? And we were like, yeah, sure. And we knew about it from the guidebooks. It's like a, a gay bar, maybe equivalent mm-hmm. to the Eagle over here with like a dark room, a play area and kind of some other stuff going on. So we went, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's not a problem. And then we passed and there was a little table and they said, oh, the, the main bar's shut tonight. Is that okay? And we were like, well, what's going on? And they were like, it's just the, just the basement. So um, they said, do you want to check anything in? And we were like, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine for now. And they were like, you don't want to check anything into the cloakroom? We were like, no, we're, we're all right. We'll, we'll come back if we change our minds. So we went down there, having been plodding around parts of Manhattan, the gay district in, in the village, and um, went down with our anoraks and our lonely planet guides. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> clumping around with like, you know, like sodden feet from trudging all day and, and, and sort of re- ready for a gin and tonic. Um, and then we walked into a very, very poorly lit concrete basement with a floor absolutely, well, moist, shall we say. Uh, and lots of people walking around naked and we uh 
we had paid our money, so we weren't going to go home. But we were not in a position either, you know, in our relationship or <laughs> practically in terms of how we were adorned uh, to get involved in anything. So we just went and got a gin and tonic and uh, perched on a, a corner we found that didn't have any bodily fluids on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of watched for for a couple of hours. And uh, there was lots that we saw. Unfortunately, I had a bit of a stomach upset and I said, is there any other toilet apart from, there was only one toilet and it was open on all sides and had no toilet seat. And I said, is there in the staff area or upstairs in the main bar? Like I have IBS, I really would like to go. And they said, no. So I just sat there kind of like clenching, enjoying my drinks for a couple of hours because there's no way I could have gone on this toilet in front of, in view of (laughs) three or four dozen kinky people who, who like you know it, it was only a toilet to use if you wanted to be watched um as part yeah. of the experience so that was that was eye-opening there was a lot of orgy going on it was probably like a level of filth and kink that was slightly beyond what we would have been inclined to participate in but an mm-hmm. eye and a beautiful evening nonetheless <laughs> time. wow i i just think like any experience where you also really badly need the toilet oh. with an upset stomach just becomes in, inscrutable and really oh. painful. <laughs> like, like whatever sexy is on, on the scale, mm-hmm. holding in like molten lava in your butt is the opposite mm-hmm. end of, mm-hmm. of for most people. I'm not here to kink shame. Sure. No, no. But yes, because it hurts as well. It's not even oh, just. It's, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. I told my ice bar story on here, didn't I? In the very first episode, I think very similar. I, uh, Went from one date in which uh, a very uh, spanky daddy uh, spanked me and fucked me a lot. And then uh, he was like, oh, you should stay. And I didn't stay, which I should have done because I was having a really good time. And then I went to uh, the ice bar on a pre-planned date with this other guy who I'd met on like Manhunt or something. And then he'd obviously like paid a lot for these tickets. But the very first thing I had to do, because on the tube, I was literally starting to clench and hold in what had been a very large amount of gas and other substances that had been pushed further up. And I had to literally, the, the woman was handing me like a big, like silvery coat to go down to the bar. And I was like, no, I need the toilet. And he's like, hello. And I'm like, hi, I need the loo. Literally running off to the toilet. I was in there for a good six minutes because it was explosive. And <laughs> I came out waiting, having, I was 15 minutes late. late. <laughs> I was at six minutes in the toilet and you get a 45 minute slot. So I literally half of the day, <laughs> I spent clenching slash being on the toilet. Being on the toilet, so that was and I of course and he was also dead boring, so it was fine. But I don't know whether he was dead boring because of me being so unapologetically late, or whether it just wasn't a a, a sort of connection. But anyway, nonetheless, moral of the story was I should have stayed at the spanky daddy's house. <laughs> anyway, I share your IBSC pain yeah. and your the the, the tsunami punami is it called these days with the babies. Poonami. Yeah. Do, do you think that had you not had you known what to expect and had you not needed the loo do you think you might have participated felt engaged? like the two of you wanted yeah. to participate or would you have um possibly not like I say I think in that instance it was like a level of uh, the, the orgy had a level of aesthetic and of kink and of mm. what they were doing that was you know uh I prefer clean spaces you know like yeah steamy saunas or like plush bedrooms mm-hmm. uh, to the basement thing it's like Raphael was saying it's one of those things that I'd find maybe hot in porn 
But mm-hmm. as soon as I'm actually close to anything smelly or messy, they were all just going at it, like mm-hmm. one after the other as well. I just kind of, I, 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 no shame, but I would have come out there with something I didn't go in with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not for me. No. Yeah. Not for me. Exactly. Um, would you like to tell your story, oh, Raphael? Not in there before me. Okay, no. fine. So um, when I started thinking about my story, I started thinking about, because we normally do like, what's the word that we associate mm-hmm. with um, the word of the week, which obviously is orgy. So I had two words. Mm-hmm. One was um, consent and one was attention. So I'm going to, first I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell like some micro stories basically around the different orgy, orgy as, what was the word? Orgiastic. 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 I wanted to go orgiasmic yeah. because it's like an orgasm. It's orgiasmic. Is nice. yeah, yeah, it's good, right? That's another word. Yeah, no. um, hashtag orgiasmic. orgiasmic. There you yeah. go. Now I've actually contributed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, and not, so I basically was, I went to Central School of Speech and Drama and um, while I was there, in the first like two weeks, we had a big house party with all the new, with all the, our classmates and we played the I've never game and you know how some people like sick they're just sort of like I'm so wild I've done this and of course we were like 22 and so what she did was she got up and said I've never been to a sex party and then took a massive gulp of a drink so of course the rest of us were like well no because we're no because we don't do that (laughs) because we're good little boys and girls (laughs) um and in my mind what happened was my interest was piqued Mm -hmm. I I don't think I'd really have considered going to like an orgy or a sex party before that event so that's Mm -hmm. the moment that triggered in my mind um and then the first one that I went to I yeah I I found it online it was on a website called Gaydar which I don't know whether it still exists or not there was basically I was chatting to a guy and he was like I host a I host a party and he, he sends you like pictures of the guys who are going to be there and then I was like okay that they look enough of them look attractive that I'm sure I will go uh, for some now I mentioned this is the same one I was talking um that was li- similar to, to the one that Tanya went to so you kind of go you have an option to kind of keep your clothes on you put five in a hat and you take there's as much condoms lube and beer as you as you want to get through <laughs> pending <laughs> pending your appetite so I basically sat down I had a Guinness or a cider or something like that it's a cider actually started drinking it and basically there was a guy sitting next to me saying I think you've had enough of that cider to take your shirt off and I was enjoying it and it was fun so I did but I think the consent point comes to me because there's a lot going on and there are a lot of people and it's linked to attention actually so for me when you consent to sex in a one-to-one situation you're giving consent to one other person in an orgy situation you're giving consent to x number of people And each of them is also giving consent to X number of people. And you form like one of those spiral graph type kind of webs, right? You you don't necessarily consent to everybody in the orgy just because you're in the orgy mm-hmm. and you're in the same place. So for me, it became like very much a game of, no, I want you to touch me and do things to me, but I don't want you to touch me and do things to mm-hmm. me. And I became quite like, not like picky, but like there were guys who wanted to do things that mm-hmm. I didn't want to do. And in the end, because I was so new to the experience, I ended up... <laughs> doing things I didn't I really didn't want to do at all so there was a guy there who was French uh he uh wanted to like fuck me he was very hot so I let him but then he started doing like sort of scat related things which for those uh listeners who don't know what that means it's it's poo poo related um that is not an interest of mine at all Mm -hmm. um it is for others uh and no shame in that but if you don't want it, it really, yeah. you really don't want it. It's, it's, um, but then I, because I was like in the mind of set of being an actor at the time, I very much like pretended that I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. went along with it. Um, so this whole like thing of consent, um, for me and, and then the attention side as well was this. So, um, who do you, 
when there when there's one person you give all your attention to the other person and that's easy mm-hmm. um when there's more than one person from a threesome upwards i find it is quite challenging to <laughs> to like make sure that no one is left out um, and then i kind of my lesson learned here is that's not my responsibility mm. so in an orgy situation you have to kind of be okay let's let everyone is going to involve themselves yeah just let that let that be and let it happen uh-huh. um, and you know give your consent or re- withdraw your consent as necessary mm-hmm. but like either you're liking it or you're not liking it and and play it that way so that was my lesson learned there so two lessons learned mm-hmm. but yeah that's my story you're gonna have to turn off mm-hmm. that like good host side of yes exactly like, is everyone having a nice time yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> that in the sense that you know, I don't think I've ever been pressured into having, like, actively by one person into having sex with someone I didn't want to in that situation. But I have kind of done the mental maths before going somewhere of being like, mm, I'm not crazy into having sex with this person, but I kind of feel like I'm going to have to a little bit to have sex with this person. Right. And it's not like uh, I don't want to, but it's, uh, you know, especially if that person's like the host. Um, yeah. you, you know, you can't really say to them like, yeah, can I come around to your house? But only because someone else, I mean, you can, you absolutely can express yourself clearly. But um, if you have a sense that that might not work out, you know, you might mm-hmm. do the mental maths and think, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that for that, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, I'll fuck the gatekeeper that, for the, for the yeah. prize beyond. Yeah. Exactly. I'll fuck <laughs> the prize beyond. Really. <laughs> um, what's your story? I mean, I've never, I've, I've never been at an orgy or done any kind of group sex. So I don't know if I if I have any use for anything useful to contribute to this, to these wonderful stories. Um, like the idea of it isn't a turn off to me, but I think it is actually very much. I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> um, and I think one of the big fears I have um, is like what you were talking about is that I'd like turn up somewhere, not be attracted to anyone and not want to do anything with anyone and then feel bad about that or feel like I should. I don't know I think I think I just it's like something that I feel like would be and you know we've watched so many films now with orgies in and obviously I know it's a film I know it's fiction I know it's directed but which like look really sort of um loving and fun and freeing and great and I think watching them makes me go like you know I would that would be really cool to be involved in something like that but I just um I think I have a, a fear I definitely have a fear or like some kind of um block being like making the step to like thinking about it to going to one is um scary to me well it's, it's, it's like the unknown isn't it yeah exactly then, yeah you know, expectations I, I didn't have any expectations mm-hmm. I just went just to to, to look really mm-hmm. just to be a spect- just just to spectate just to watch a spectator whatever they call it I yeah. just yeah I, I wanted to watch I wanted to laugh I mean it's yeah. probably the, the, the wrong thing to do but um <laughs> but I suppose yeah. if, it was, if it was laughing from feeling free and, and happy that's okay that's yeah. as opposed to just laughing Mockery. at people yeah, yeah exactly yeah. oh yeah 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 that's a different thing like, yeah. all this that kind of in-between space which is the kind of sex sexy clubs um you know places like torture garden or like queerer mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like um uh repost and stuff like that where there's like rooms that are sexy rooms and rooms that are just mm-hmm. dancing clubbing rooms and mm-hmm. I that like I've quite enjoyed that sort of in-between experience. The liminal space. Recently, mm-hmm. the liminal space recently mm-hmm. where everyone's slipped in and there's there's an orgy going on. Uh-huh. And there's no, you know, like at a private one, it can also be, but even less so because you're in the middle of a nightclub and you just yeah, yeah. in the room or something. And I find like nights like that are a good way to kind of dip your toe in the water of mm. does this do it for me? Do I feel comfortable? Do I get, am I getting the peep I want that's kind of like, tempting me for more or um the clubbing scene can be great for that 
that's cool to know actually that's a really good good tip yeah it's it's like being in a sweet shop and just trying different things or just just (laughs) looking and seeing you know that looks quite nice should I try that you know or that looks interesting and just having a a little lick of something and then yeah that's something that I'd like to sort of you know indulge in a bit more so it's yeah yeah, it's it's like being in a sweet shop and and everything everything's free everything's you know (laughs) everything's there if you want it and you know it depends how much you want I don't think love or anything comes into that. I don't think it's a loving thing. It's a, it's purely fun, I would say. More animal than that. Yeah, I had two thoughts when mm-hmm. you said that. One is um in some ways it's it's good to, it's good to be selective. It's mm-hmm. you had like a, it's like a, the fear that you're not going to be attracted to somebody is mm-hmm. what you said. And um that's quite nice because it means that you kind of you have high standards. You're kind of you're not <laughs> willing to kind of just just sleep with anybody. That's kind of mm. that's kind of telling on your taste and that you have your refined character um i don't know you're like i don't know about that i don't know Um, but the other thing i was going to say was that uh and you can you can refute that all you like but anyway um the thing i was going to say is my i think one of my initial motivations for for delving into this other than curiosity Mm -hmm. um possibly Mm. one of the more lasting reasons that i did it for Mm -hmm. for a while it's because of the opposite of the fear of not being attractive and um and actually when you go to an to an orgy Mm -hmm. it's very validating as long as you get somewhere with people mm-hmm. like if, if you get interest from others it can be very validating it's like oh well, yes. I am attractive actually mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people do like my body yeah, and, yeah. and there have been um sort of sex party type things that I've gone to in the past where you go and actually no one really wants to play with you and you're mm-hmm. kind of like you leave going oh well my suspicions were confirmed um and all it does mm-hmm. actually is it sort of becomes a bit of almost an addiction you kind of feel like you need to go to another one so that maybe someone there someone will and that val- yeah, they'll yeah. validate you so um it's interesting because there's fear yeah. on both sides of that and I suppose that's where part of the fear of not being attracted to people comes from is because I'm like I don't want you to feel bad about yourself just because I'm not attracted to you yeah, so I don't yeah, want to yeah. risk I don't want to risk putting anyone in that situation yeah rejecting like, you know? people yeah, yeah yeah um is there like also an element of of risk there of if you get there and you're not attracted to anyone and you have to say no they're like fear of offending someone or pissing someone off yeah yeah definitely you can definitely. say in a nice way you can say in a nice way you know you don't oh, have to be rude subconscious fear there i know in, in good etiquette you wouldn't piss someone off and someone shouldn't be pissed off but there is that like underlying fear is mm-hmm. that that uh, you know, you could disappoint someone and anger them. I don't know. Also, no, it's one hundred percent a fear. Yeah, it's also yeah. a really difficult line to tread between being nice and not being obvious clear. enough that yeah, being clear that you are not yeah. interested. And I've had mm. definitely I've had guys in the past say like, you know, I've said no, and or like I'm sorry, like I, I, just, I just don't think so, yeah, or something. And they, <laughs> that's really patronising. I don't think. I don't so. think. So. No, no, um, but, yeah. but not that, yeah. but something else. I've ha- I've been more poetic in the past, and. Uh, they would continue because they wouldn't think that I was really rejecting yeah. them. But actually, mm. um, you, yeah. you, you end up sort of actually having to turn around and be quite blunt after yeah. a while. And be like, actually, you're not getting the message here that I really don't want to have yeah. sex with you. So um, I think it's time to watch our film. Film, 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 corner. Well, we've just watched our film. And uh, wow. I need some recovery time from that. I had to go and stand on the balcony for a good 10 minutes after the end of that film. Yeah, we because we, we couldn't really talk at I all. Was just, I was just so incredibly mm. bummed out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, how did, how, um, yeah, immediate feelings? I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, uh, our subject matter, orgies, 
um, it does it does come up in it, but mm. I a film about uh, orgies, the meaning of orgies, or or anything like that. It's more a film about obviously a real historical event. Mm-hmm. For me, is about community more than it is about the dynamics of orgiastic sex. Yeah, yeah. There's great shots of those kind of wild parties, but really mm-hmm. it's about the society that they form. You know, their their secret society, their members club. These gay men of in high power in mm-hmm. uh, early 20th century Mexico, late uh, 19th actually. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's late 19th. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was 1901. Is what? What year is it? Ooh. No, it's like 1899, I think. Okay, well, I think maybe it crosses over. It's, it's the maybe it goes maybe it covers, maybe it covers a couple of years. Yeah, late it's 19th, before Brexit. It definitely anyway. starts in the late eighteenth, late nineteenth. So turn of the century. Turn of the century. That's, That's it, the yeah. phrase we won. There yeah. you go. You know, I liked it. I'm my. I was right about the moustaches. There were some real limit moments. There was some bristle action, wasn't there? <laughs> they would honestly scratch your eye out, take an ass off. You could clean paint off a wall without with those, I think. You know, <laughs> I mean, scrub after making a lasagna, you could yes. scrub the baking dish oh, out. Compl- <laughs> absolutely, you wouldn't even need Mr. Muscle. I think Mr. Muscle <laughs> is is included with the moustache potentially. <laughs> steel wool, only yeah. moustaches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was more interesting to me how they formed a sense of love and meaning in community, and uh, although yeah. it was very bourgeois, it was about that first and foremost about them being able to be themselves in these spaces and there was something very uh enjoyable and alluring about that uh there's mm. I always found this you know this paradox of the fantasy of illicit spaces illicit queer spaces which becomes greater and more alluring actually the worst the society would be to live in mm-hmm. and of course I would of course I wouldn't want to be alive and queer mm-hmm. in that context compared to the ease and convenience and, and the relative safety of the one I'm in today mm. you know, it does draw you in the the drama and the intrigue and the mystery and the exclusivity and the high stakes of of being in a space like that so mm-hmm. and that. the exquisiteness and the richness that we oh were talking God. about from the trailer yeah so amazing yeah I think yeah, Jacinta at one point commented film, that it, it was yeah Jacinta, Jacinta at some point commented that it was like the sort of Dutch masters almost wasn't it a sort of that sort yeah, of yeah there was one bit where um candle lit yeah where a- Ev- Evaristo um the sort of the boyfriend of the main character Na- Ignacio Ignacio Nacho, yeah Nacho. he was in a carriage and it was like there was almost sort of no light the light was only on his face and it looked sort of it looked like a Rembrandt painting yeah I appreciate mm. it um but I, I agree with you you're right there's the, the orgies themselves there was one sort of scene that was sort of particularly orgiastic and that there was lots of people kind of out naked and having sex but was it an orgy Based on a, it was an orgy if you go by the numbers, mm. but was it an orgy by Felix and I's definition of the fact that people need to exchange? Because I don't think I saw any exchanging. I sort of felt mm. like they. Do you think it was implied? Would, yeah, I was think it, it was implied. Yeah. Those, it was definitely implied. Yeah. yeah. Those okay. definitions, I think, are. It's not. Um, you don't have to hit all the criteria. No. You have to hit one or two of those criteria. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. diagnosing a syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Once you've got 50 people in there and some of them are pairs and some of them are threes, yeah. I think yeah. you say that is an orgy. Okay. That's an orgy. It's okay. an orgy. <laughs> um, I think we need a we need a checklist, don't we? If if your situation is three out of these six things, you're in an orgy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need to get. There we go. The Mad Hatter's tea party where they move partner every five minutes. Yeah, so yeah. That's <laughs> not an orgy. Is that, is that no. speed, speed dating? <laughs> speed dating. <laughs> yeah. Speed dating or orgy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
but I but yeah no I agree I think there was something so actually they're just so lovely about the the space and and it was so well felt luxurious and sexy and free and everyone felt comfortable and and Mm -hmm. like being their best selves and and I think that was yeah that was like such a stark contrast to their the sort of daily society life that they had to kind of conform to and yeah I think you're right there's a thing about this and going to so orgies and the the um, original meaning of like secret rights back uh yeah like sacred rights or you know and and there's something worship worship, yeah and something about that of like having to keep it secret and having to keep it in this space and and having the sort of you know um ceremony to to become part of the club made it feel like more it was always spiritual you know it was Mm -hmm. like it was Mm -hmm. incredible and those plays they did plays were amazing (laughs) they were so good they, they had humor, right? They had humor in the orgy. Yeah, like, of course. They had loads of humor with their giant and and, and... Uh, drag and the giant penis um, sword. Yes, cup. yes, that was yes. amazing. No, they were, the, the show ended. They were like, "Oh no, he had gone real." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see that bit. Did you not yeah. hear that bit? What it was the play where they were like fighting with these giant phalluses. Like cardboard, cardboard. Yeah. yeah. And then one of them died, and then they and yeah. then they're like, "Oh no, he's gonorrhea!" Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that bit. Okay. <laughs> no, he had gonorrhea. I didn't know that was it. Yeah, there was a lot of humor, which I loved, and and it was just, and I think they the film did such a good job at showing that space as being such a lovely space, mm. which then mm. when it was all brutally torn apart, mm. Um, mm. made, made it, it the most. Yeah, made that really show how awful that was. Yeah, yeah. I mean the, made... the fact that it wasn't, it wasn't seedy in any way. No. Yeah. You know, it was it was sort of it was indulgent, yes, and it was in, mm-hmm. it was sensual, mm-hmm. um, and it was entertaining. It, it was the whole filming was how it was done. It was in lovely light, and mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, it wasn't sort of like some people when you think of orgies and sort of like I don't know, some mm-hmm. people think oh, you know, seedy, but it wasn't at all. Not at I all. don't think it it reminded me of a painting. Yeah, lots, lots was... of images, like a painting, like a Rembrandt or something, like the yeah. sort of bodies and everything, and, and how how the, the light and the shade fell on the bodies. I was like mesmerized by that, mm-hmm. um, and it was joyful that... and it was beautiful. They were all beautiful, yeah. and not beautiful well, just nice... because of you know they had ridiculous <laughs> moustaches, but they were yeah, but beautiful they in there. Oh, let's, in let's get to the you know they did have nice bodies. I mean that that helps, doesn't it? Really, they did, but I don't even think they were beautiful in terms of necessarily just their like aesthetic physical bodies. I just thought they were beautiful because they. Being, they were so authentic they and they were yeah. happy yes. and they were in that yeah and I think and that's camera angles too if you just lowered that camera a little bit yeah and, uh change the soundtrack in the background it would have been CD very quickly it's yeah. yeah I hope so yeah absolutely yeah. I mean that's what I that, that, that's what made me watch it and be really intrigued by it was the camera mm-hmm. work I thought it was so well done mm-hmm. um and yeah just one sort of if they would move it slightly and change change the sort of music in the background yes it would change but but how I was done, I thought was really effective. Mm-hmm. I um, also I also really enjoyed, I think, and it was particularly powerfully luxurious in a way because of the contrast between that sort of fantasy orgiastic experience mm-hmm. that they were having yeah. with all the and kind the of, you know, yeah. with all the washing and the kind of people swinging around in togas with yeah, like literally pearls around their necks yeah, drinking yeah. wine. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you have the kind of cold, mm-hmm. dutiful, horrible sex that he has with his poor long well, long suffering who ends up actually being quite the villain yeah. wife um, yes. uh, who well they they are disgusted by each other mm-hmm. um yeah. and the sex that they have is is to, in our, our own parlance thrust 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 yeah kind yeah. of dutiful I, I sex to the point that i felt like she was the villain i know that she 
uh, was a large orchestrator of the punishment that came down on everyone. But I felt, I felt she was like one of the biggest victims in the film. Interesting. Biggest victim. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see her as the villain at all. No, she was the sort of. I would say she was a victim. Because I mean, the, the sex that she had was awful. It was so mechanical. It was there was nothing nice about it. And mm-hmm. I think that made yeah. it, it wasn't it made it much grayer a story. Obviously, what happened to those men was abominable and mm-hmm. hateful and unfair. But at the same time, they weren't like morally unambiguous characters. Ignacio was, you know, treating her as I'm sure many women were treated at the time as just an object, like a flesh mm-hmm. object to be uh, thumped and pounded and come into whilst not even looking at. Um, mm. Her heart was broken by that, and I think it's a nice reminder of how you know, just as men can be victims of the patriarchy, it's yeah, women's can as well. Yeah, women have been big victims of homophobia in that yeah. they put into uh, yeah. marriage and treated like brood mares. And I, mm. I, I could understand where she was coming from. In, well, no, no, I think you misunderstand me. Um, well, first of all, I think Jacinta and I were talking about that this actually the the, the wider impact of homophobia yeah. from earlier when we just finished watching yeah, the film. So it like affects everyone. It affects yeah. more than just yeah. the people yeah. who are you know um, hom- homosexual. Um, but also um, the term Not villain. Least. I don't mm-hmm. mean I don't mean anything untoward by it. I just mean that she a villain is somebody who kind of acts their revenge out. Yeah, that's the that's the definition of a villain, basically. Whether that's towards society or a single person, a villain in a story is somebody who has been wronged in some way and sees it fit mm. or right to take it back out on somebody or something. So yeah. she is a villain in that sense. I think I felt like I like for most of the film, like well, we both felt so sorry for her, mm. and it was like I mean, because you know, she her life was so boring, and she was just sort of you know, obviously having this horrible sex, and she didn't understand that he wasn't attracted to her because he couldn't be but I, I suppose what was so frustrating was there was no conversation but then how could there be a conversation because he would be putting himself massively at risk to tell her that he was gay and he couldn't tell her that in those times yeah no but then but I was like he was a victim as well though yeah. but then I mean, after they were both she... victims of circumstances Absolutely. I know and then I was like people don't act rationally but then after after she had you know after she figured out what was happening I, it annoyed me that they couldn't then be like, okay, I'm never going to have sex with you and I don't want to and it's not nice for either of us, but can you not just like take a lover and have a baby and we'll just say it's ours? Yeah. I, don't know. I was like, yeah. can you not like work away? Can we be intelligent enough to find a secret way of doing this? And then I was yeah. like, I know, friends, yeah. I know you're angry and I know you're resentful and I know that he's treated you really badly, but can you not see that telling your dad about this, who was the president, if you mm. tell your dad about this is going to result in a bad thing? For not mm. just him and not just his lover, but like lots of people. I don't know. I felt like mm-hmm. I felt like obviously there were real people and you can't you don't know how people are gonna act in, in like a highly, highly mm-hmm. emotional situation. But but I see, see I think nowadays it'd be a lot different. They'd just like talk about it, wouldn't they? Because now it's it's Depends, yeah. so much yeah. easier. They would just talk about it and no one would, would be hurt. But um one would you know, which is hurt. a good thing. I just think then it was just so difficult. Yeah. Um, um Coming back to the orgy a little bit, because mm. I wanted to talk a little bit more about that yes. um, before we sort of focus too much mm-hmm. on the, the sh- sort of societal um, sort of horrors of the turn of the century, as, as we are mm. yeah. <laughs> currently discussing. Um, but the but the I wanted to uh, there was a moment when um, the two main kind of characters enter the orgy room and um, everyone is kind of going at it. And there's a kind of moment where they kind of stop at the at the liminal uh, mm-hmm. area that we've, we've mentioned before. And they're kind of like on the verge of it, but they haven't quite yet crossed the threshold. And I found it really interesting because it made me think of all of the times that I've 
kind of entered an orgy in progress Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like oh I what do I do there's a moment of like and it made me think Tanya of your sweet shop analogy you're a bit it's a bit (laughs) like oh where do I go first which which flavor sweet do I want now yeah and then there's the guilt I think no I I think you see I I think I, I think it goes further than that I think it's all there all this sort of like lovely stuff is there and then you do think yeah where can I go first but the same thing as when you eat too much cake or if you sort of want to go into a switch and you want that and you want that and you want that. There's some part of you deep down that feels a little bit guilty, I think. Should you indulge or should you not? <laughs> I think that comes into it as well. Yeah, yeah think, maybe. Uh, no, I don't think maybe. I think for lots of people, I think I think that is a, a, a quite a big thing when it comes to, especially something like an orgy, when, it, when, when they may feel really tempted. But on the other hand, because of, everything that that we've had in the past and all our preconceived ideas and all other people's ideas we think oh should we should we you know are we going should we do that should we allow ourselves that so i think we are quite um unfair towards ourselves sometimes but i think in in that scene in particular i thought what was interesting about it and actually simple like what made it an orgy was that I felt like the feeling in the room was it was sort of very fluid. Everyone was sort of enjoying touching each other and like felt like everyone was everyone was just enjoying each other's bodies. But the two main characters, Evaristo and Ignacio, mm-hmm. um, mm. were completely just into each other. And I thought that actually mm-hmm. was quite a contrast to the room in that they were like, they could be there or not there. It wouldn't matter yes. because they were the only two people that, were important to each other and then yeah, that yeah. was kind of later on uh the guy who like ran the club um said to Evaristo um you need to stop acting like husband and wife because nothing good's going to come of that or something yeah. like that which mm. was sort of this interesting again this implication that like you know it's fine having the secret club where we can all just like you know have sex and hang out and it's great but as soon as you actually like bring emotion in want to be in a relationship mm. and, and yes. like love each other that's when it's difficult because that's where society gets in the way it I can know, it's interesting yeah. yeah but yeah in yeah in it contrast. doesn't have to it doesn't have to but it can do yeah i think that um what we're saying about uh Evaristo and ignacio um being focused on each other within that space is links to what i was saying about how the 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 feeling the meaning of that space in the film was more about community than it was about yeah uh, you know, polyamory or, or anything like that. Um, and that the space can exist, the space of an orgy can exist for the sake of community and mm-hmm. for the sake of giving people comfort and being part of something and, and feeling the rush from that as much as it can from the drive to have multiple partners. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of how we saw them in that space. It was that kind of Molly House space where there's a, some camps and dramas and pantomimes some humour, some mm-hmm. sort of... Um, people who enjoyed dressing in clothes that were not typically associated with their um, sex mm-hmm. uh, and all of those things existing in a kind of space together and, and challenging the norms of the outside. And I think in order you can be just as much about uh, creating a community that challenges the norms of the outside mm. as it can about sexual appetite. Yeah. I love that. Mm. That's point. a very good point. Nicely too. put. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's stop mm. there before we ruin it. <laughs> Perfect point to end on. No, that's beautiful. Excellent. That was a great little paragraph there. I like that. Yeah. 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 Transcribe it. Definitely transcribe it. Definitely keep keep that bit in. I think that's yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll not cut that one out. That's very Um, well said. Yeah. And just so before we close, we must rate the film. Oh yes, we must rate the film. 
Four out of five. That's so three and a half. Yeah, a rounded up three and a half. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why did good. um? Why did you give it a three? Yeah, interestingly, the visitors yeah. gave it a three. The yeah, guests the gave visitors. it a three. Visitors, mm. the visitors to the world of A to Z of yeah. sex with men, and the hosts gave it mm. four. Mm, interesting. I think maybe because it's not something I, I would choose to watch, but mm. I, I I did watch because I was told to. Because you were told <laughs> to. Because right? you had no choice. But I could appreciate. Sorry. <laughs> I need to watch. So it's like being back at school. So yeah, I mean, because I was made to. That's, that's the vibe that we try that. and instill yeah. here at. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I did. I I enjoyed the color. I enjoyed the bodies, but it's not something that I, I would generally sort of like choose to watch. But okay. I thought it was. I'm I'm glad I watched it. Okay. 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 Mm. Felix, what was your reasoning? Um, I thought it was beautiful. Um, yeah. Very, very beautiful. And, you know, anything with a bit of orgy slash secret society is is good with me. I thought that the characters were a little bit uh, flat. And I thought that the way that they all kind of got their various comeuppances was perhaps a bit gratuitous and mean spirited. Interesting. Mm. I know that it's based on reality, but I mm-hmm. found that, you know, some of the some of the scenes with the sex of the wife were just a bit um We've seen it so many times before, and I didn't think we needed to see her anguish in those moments to uh, understand what was going on. So I found it a bit bleak, and also the moustaches lose. <laughs> <laughs> Minus one Minus star for the moustaches alone. It was the moustaches that did it, yeah. 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 I think that the... Yeah, I think that summarises it. I think it was maybe a bit flat and, and bleak, and I, and I didn't really find myself rooting for anyone, which is always... Mm. Okay. That's very interesting. Um, and and yeah, very valid points. I almost think that I gave it I, I gave it a four because of some because of some of the points you gave it a three for, and that I thought the scene with the wife was very powerful was powerfully awkward and painful yes. in a way that I was like, oh, I actually appreciate that then that they're just being they're not shying away from showing this. Um and you're right, we've seen so many like uncomfortable scenes like that, but mm. it was almost so uncomfortable that mm. it felt like more authentic than yeah. other scenes I've seen like that. And um, yeah, I got over the moustache. I was exactly going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that too. But I definitely yeah, think the, the moustache is I agree though. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually that, that, that scene was quite useful because it, it made you realise maybe why, she, you know, I think maybe you had to see that to understand it from her point of view. Yeah, I guess so. So you can, yeah. you know, maybe you, you can argue both ways. Other films with orgy content. Yes. Um, we'll just quickly recommend um some of the films that we've watched as possible. Short before. bus. Short bus, best film ever. Yeah. Um, and Theo and Hugo had a uh, really good 20 minute orgy beginning. Really good 10 minute yeah. orgy no, beginning. Yeah. Just if anyone's here for orgy content. Yes, so you're here for that, we <laughs> provide. Yes. Um, cool. Okay. Um, and then all that's left to do is to thank our beautiful, lovely guests. I know. Thank you so much. Thank you much. so much for coming to our recording virtually podcast world this <laughs> is a sentence yeah, no. thank you so much for joining us on an <laughs> episode of for orgy um is there anything you would like to um plug or share with our audience um before you go where can our audience follow you etc tanya do you want to stop um i'm i'm fine at the moment tanya thank and i are actually in a cabaret group together called oh, we are, yes. selection box so follow that yeah. <laughs> yes indeed yes of course just until we'll plug for same. you yeah, yeah. Just in case. And Felix. Felix. Um, I'm not sure I have anything to plug, but keep an eye out. I'm on at Felix Le Freak um, on all platforms. That's Felix like the cat food, Le Freak like the chic song. 
And um, I am developing two new original shows at the moment. So hopefully by the time this is out, I'll have some news about that um, and you can come along and see it. But no, I have nothing specific to plug for that far in the future at the moment. What's the name of your book? Because we saw a picture of it. You held it up to the screen, but I don't think you said what it's called. It's called Serving Face, Lessons on Poise and Disgrace from the World of Drag. Um, and that is uh, with Dorling Kindersley Books. It has a foreword in the UK by Davina De Campo, foreword in the States by Monet Exchange. And it's a profile of 20 different drag artists in different styles and genres, different genders, different presentations. Um, and there it's sort of interviews with them and their unique takes on the art form. Wonderful. Amazing. Mm. Brilliant. Get yourselves a copy. Absolutely. Well, you listened all the way to the end, so you obviously liked what you heard. Don't forget to follow us on all your usual social medias, Twitter, Instagram. We're everywhere with A to Z with men. That's A-T-O-Z with men. And you can also join our Facebook group where you can discuss what you've heard and tell us what you want to hear. That is right. And you can rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts uh we have an instructional video on instagram to help if you use spotify um and also please tell a friend all your friends yeah all of them most of them all more, no more all. than, more than, more than, more. More than 40 percent. four or more yes exactly five or more yeah, yeah otherwise no. it's not an orgy exactly um well good excellent excellent joke i should have got there faster um or not take my time it's an orgy um we're we're gonna be back um uh, in a week with our next episode which will be P for prospectus of passion. Oh, yeah. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Bye bye. Bella. Belle, belli. Sorry, and 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 what? In what sense? What, so, do you have a do you have a good orgy related story? Um, do I have a good orgy related story? You don't have to. Um, go first. You don't have to go first. You can think about it yeah, while we tell. No, I mean, it doesn't matter whether I go first or second or third. In fact, or fourth. Um, <laughs> it's like an it'll improv be, exercise, isn't it? Well, there was one guy there I spoke to. I, I quite liked him. He was quite young. He was very well endowed. We just spoke. Boop. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. So, um, boop. Any like, more back to chocolate. I think, you know, you, you don't only have to stick to Cadbury's. You can try a bit of Galaxy as well. <laughs> really pushing the sweet <laughs> metaphor, Tanya. Really pushing it hard. I keep thinking-